Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Greg Dutcher is sitting across from me. Greg, what's going on, dude? Dude, was that Bob Dylan? That was. We just heard some Bob Dylan. Yeah, man. It almost signals a potential announcement. I think so. Wow. I well, think it's time to uh, to drop the bomb. Yeah, you man. You dropped the bomb on me. Baby. <laughs> I just always want to do that. Uh, that was the announcement. I was just me. This is where I'm wondering why I'm in here. <laughs> like, was there a reason I joined this podcast? Do, do they want me to sing like this, too? Yes. Yes. Well, the times, fellas, as we know, they are a change. They, they are. are. The great prophet, Bob Dylan. Told yes, you. yes. Bob Dylan saw it coming, and he wrote about this very change on our podcast. That's up. right. No, man. I, I want to go public, dude, for the first time. Just don't want to spend too much time on it. Get it out. Uh, a few months ago, uh, Nathan, of course, we talked about some schedule issues, and my schedule was um, kind of like a bucking bronco, you know, yeah. trying to get it uh, uh, subdued. Of course, yours was a little crazy in the last few yeah. months as you, you took a new teaching job. Uh, so I um, just uh, kind of got in touch with some things schedule-wise, and for the, uh, I don't want to say permanently, but for the yeah. foreseeable future, yeah. I am going to be uh, taking a uh, leave of absence. Long-term sabbatical. Long-term sabbatical. Now, a friend of mine that said this said, Greg, I think that you should spend all your time eating as much food as you possibly can, <laughs> and that way we can call it a uh, sabbatical. So uh, <laughs> that's a shout-out to my buddy Todd Brochart. Uh, who suggested that we just call it what it is, a sophatical, <laughs> or a sophatical, I think he called it. But um, no, man, it was um, tough. You guys know about this, but for our audience, I know we haven't done one of these podcasts in a little while. Yeah. Uh, and um, you and Sean did a great one with Chris Date mm -hmm. uh, just a few weeks back. That was a great follow-up on the subject of hell and uh, conditionalism and annihilationalism and all that good stuff. Um, and I've enjoyed, I enjoyed listening, man. I, I, when I listened, I wanted to be there. I thought, yeah. man, I want to be in on that discussion, but I have had an amazing ride, uh, with you, Nathan. Mm -hmm. I won't get all choked up and make the audience feel uncomfortable. And Steve has to comfort us and start playing islands in the stream. Um, <laughs> cue that music right there. We'll insert it. That's right. Um, but I'm excited that the podcast will go forward even in my absence. And what are we talking about, Nathan? This is uh, one of uh, five mm -hmm. is what we're aiming for yep. that I'm going to do. So it's not like this is my last one. Yes. But we just want to start giving that word out. But uh, I'm going to be a regular listener. I uh, don't plan to be a stranger. And, uh, man, thank you, Nathan. No, thank you. Well, and, we, you know, we talked about this and Greg, you and I, um, you and I just kind of bounced back and forth. Do we want to keep going with it? Don't we want to keep going with it? Is this going to be the end? And, um, you know, I listen to a bunch of different podcasts and I've heard this comment over and over again. You and I have a great chemistry on this podcast and I don't want to lose that. No, man. And so I know that if we were to stop altogether, doing um, these go to 11, then um, you and I would be missing out on something. Oh, we would. I, I've and missed so, it, dude, as yeah. you know, the last month or so. Yeah. It's been uh, strange. I'm like, where's my peep? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's been, it has. It's been rough because we cut it down to the once a month. And it's not like I was at once a month and I was like, eh, okay, you know, that, this is great. I was like, no, I'm at once a month and I, I want to keep going once a week. Yeah. Um, but uh, with that, Steve Hartland, who is here tonight, um, has agreed to – on a trial basis, at least, uh, come on and be the co-host. So, Steve, we appreciate you coming in and fulfilling that role as our resident pastor and theologian, jumping in and <laughs> fulfilling the, that role. The older, wiser, more mature, seasoned veteran pastor. People, Steve you're Hart. actually going to get some good b biblical teaching on no, this podcast now. <laughs> I, I know the real reason why you guys have yeah, me here. Yeah, it, it's because I make people laugh. That's yes, that's what it is, dude. Uh -huh. You're dropping that. You're dropping. Dropping that humor, man. Um, no, Steve, you've always been a very – I mean, how many times, Nathan, through the years, last two and a half years, have we gotten um, people that have messaged us on Twitter and – Oh, yeah. Uh, in the even the iTunes app that have really See, I had my wife set up a whole lot of accounts. <laughs> yeah, what's strange? They all came from Abingdon, Maryland. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. she said I thought it was suspicious. Um, it's getting curiouser and curiouser. But uh, no, Steve, I, you're great, man. Everybody yeah. loves when you're on and mm – -hmm. uh, 
That feels good. So the trial run for Steve Nathan is uh, what did he commit to? Three and a half years trial run. Well, I you know it's funny. something like that. Well, yeah. It had three in it. <laughs> See, the, the nice thing is you notice Steve's wearing glasses. He wasn't wearing glasses when he signed his contract. Oh, good. <laughs> so there was the fine print down at the bottom yeah. that says Uh-oh. you know there is no end. <laughs> well, dude, I want to incentivize Steve that whatever you're making, man. I'm going to double it personally. Double it? I'm going to double it personally. <laughs> talk to my agent. Uh, yeah, so uh, you get Scott Boris, your agent, to talk to my people. We'll work something out really good. By the way, quick, dude, because I haven't talked sports forever. I know not everybody is. I'll keep it quick. My beloved Orioles, I'm telling you what, homies, I am jealous that you guys aren't as into sports as I am because my life would be simpler and more peaceful. Uh, Orioles have found out today. I mean, they're still doing all right. I mean, they're where they're – as of the date of this broadcast, they're second in the AL East behind the Shankies. I'm sorry. No, I was right the first time. The Shankies and, uh, you know, Satan's team. And uh, they, um, they have given up, they have blown more three run or plus leads than any other team in Major League Baseball. So last night's game, yeah. five nothing. We get five runs in the second inning against the Minnesota Twins. Wow. Feeling pretty good. Wow. Yeah, like, hey, we got this thing set. Ubaldo Jimenez. Our lame pitcher uh, pretty much gave up those five runs in the next inning, mm-hmm. uh, and then we ended up losing the game fourteen to seven. Oh, so, dude! It's, I'm telling you, oh. it is hard to. Did be. he stay in pitch a long time? Uh, no, they yanked him, and then the guy they brought in was a scrub, uh, Tyler Wilson. Mm-hmm. He's a total pork chop, and he just uh, he gave up all, all, almost as many runs. I think in one inning, he only made it one third of an inning, which of course is one out, and so he got one out. I believe he gave up two doubles. Three singles, and he walked a batter. Wow. So, uh, yeah, not an impressive debut, Tyler. Mm. Of course, his name was Wilson, so I went full out Tom Hanks castaway. <laughs> Wilson! Wilson! <laughs> um, uh, I'm wife, sorry, yeah, Wilson. Yeah, my wife l- literally just keeps reading her magazine when I make that joke. She doesn't even look up. <laughs> she said it was mildly, tepidly funny the first time, <laughs> and that was all I got in ever <laughs> So, yeah. The sympathy laugh. Yes, but I'm much more excited to talk about what we're talking about than baseball, fellas. Yeah, um, but before we get in, uh, Mission Aware still uh, is sponsoring us. They have, yeah, not, uh, they have not jumped ship. Um, and so really excited. And if you go on to Mission Aware, they, are, they have got more products up there now. Not only have they um, got the beer mug up there, but you got the moleskin journal. you got T-shirts. you got the coffee mugs. You've got the Yeti mugs. All these things are now up there for you to purchase uh, when you go into Mission Aware and you go under collabs and look under these, go to 11. And for Father's Day, they're running a special offer for our uh, guests who go on and uh, enter the promo code SUSTAIN. Dane, you get ten dollars off a fifty dollar purchase. Sweet, dude, so. you got to check it out, man. Yeah, Mission Aware. They yeah. have this stuff. Hey, a Yeti mug, dude. I just realized is a cold mug. Yeah, the well, Yeti. Yeah, yeah. Well, what it does That's is amazing. This particular mug, from what I understand, it keeps drinks um, cold for up to like twenty four hours or something like that. Or hot for up to 24 hours. Oh, that's right. That's so right. So it, it goes it, – it swings both ways. Dude, it, 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 <laughs> dude, it does what uh, McDonald's could not successfully do in 1987 with the McDLT. <laughs> the hot side stays hot and the cool side stays cool. I would like to testify I was working at McDonald's at that time as a 17-year-old high school senior, and that's not true. Oh. It's both sides stayed – Room temperature, <laughs> lukewarm. <laughs> All the time. Yes, but the Yeti mug is not the 1987 uh, McDonald's uh, McDLT. That's right. And um, I would say Mission Aware rocks, man. Great products, great stuff. Yeah, take advantage of that. Uh, great offer they're giving. And, yeah, look at our products. We're pretty excited about them. Yeah. And other great products as well. Yep. Awesome. So today's topic, I'm actually so stoked about this because um, we are we were talking about conferences and um, conferences like education is one of my favorite topics to talk about, not because I absolutely love them, but because I can't stand them, and I love <laughs> to rant about them. Uh, like me with the Orioles right now, man. Absolutely. I love to rip them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're just uh, – we're going to be talking about conferences, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, you know, Greg and uh, Steve, I, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I know I've told you guys both this. To me, um, a Christian conference is like – crack for believers (laughs) it you know brings you absolutely high and then you come crashing down so low afterwards that you just feel like you're in the pit of despair and 
Um, That's a pretty apt description. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I used to been live there, for done that. You used yeah. to live, haven't you? You just said, man, I can't wait to get yeah. to that conference. Yeah. Like, have you been to a lot of conferences? I have been to a yeah. lot of conferences. I have. I haven't been to one in a long time. Yeah, same But, I, man, I went and went and went and went. Oh, and I hit yeah. some crash point where I said, uh... Check, you please. probably don't remember, more. Steve. Yeah. Do you remember, I, I think you and I officially met yeah. at, like, that first T4G the conference. first one. Uh-huh. In 06. Yeah. Wow. Because I remember I was talking, I think, with Roscoe, and you were on the bus because it was probably the BWI crowd that showed up. And there was a shuttle that took us over to the Galt House in uh-huh. – uh, where was that thing? Louisville, right? Uh, Louisville, Kentucky? Yeah, it was Louisville. Yeah, and um, uh, I remember, like, you overheard us, and we were talking, and I was like, oh, yeah, Steve Hartland. So that was way, way back in the day. So, yeah, I, I remember meeting you there at that. And, you know, at that time, I was already getting conferenced out. Yeah. Like, I went to that thing, thought I bet I ought to. Yeah. And it was near the end. Dude, cool anecdote on that conference. Um, I went with – I talk often about my beloved uh, mentor and spiritual father, Roscoe Adams, who died uh, five years ago. Wow, just mm-hmm. uh, a recent five years ago uh, in April of 2012. And he had never flown before. So at the time, I've got a you know, 64-year-old African-American man. Had never flown. Never flown. Ooh. He was scared to death. <laughs> and we, for some reason, we didn't fly southwest out of BWI. We went to Philadelphia and took a direct flight out of there. And I can't remember the airline, but it was a tiny plane. It was almost like a puddle jumper. Bumpy. Uh, bumpy. Loud. And I thought, oh, this is not no, good, this is good for Roscoe. <laughs> you know, this is, although every other flight will seem easy after that. About an hour flight, right, to Louisville. It wasn't a bad flight at all. And uh, anyway, we got there. Our mutual friend, Don Sands, from my former church, he served with us as an elder, um, he's a letter writer. He writes Tim Keller, mm-hmm. R.C. Sproul. A lot of times he gets responses. He hmm. actually writes hmm. penned, handwritten letters. Handwritten letters. Mails it uh, off to Tim and, Keller. And mails it off. And uh, you know, Keller, I think he's gotten the staff response. But Sproul... He's gotten direct responses from Sproul. Apparently, appreciates if you take the time. Way to go, RC. Yes, and I don't know if he still does in recent years, as he's aged a bit. Mm-hmm. He's had some health health challenges, so that's the background. It was so crowded at that conference. Uh, that was the only time they had it in the actual hotel. I think it was three thousand pastors, and then two years later, they put it to like the the Yum Yum Center, whatever lame. Uh, it's the <laughs> dumbest name for a convention center. The the, the KFC Yum Yum Center. Um, <laughs> It's embarrassing. Anyway, uh, we're, we're there. The lines were terrible. And Roscoe and I are standing in line. R.C. Sproul and his wife, Vesta, come walking down. And, you know, it's the equivalent of royalty. Yeah. Everybody's, oh, Dr. Sproul. Oh, Dr. Sproul. And he's kind of waving or whatever. And he walks by us, kind of smiles as he did to everybody. And I kid you not, he walks back to us. And he goes, Vesta, Vesta, this is them. This is them. And Roscoe and I are looking at each other. He goes, look, look. And he looks at our name tags and goes, Greg Ducher and Roscoe Adams. He goes, you've got a friend, Don Sands, that told me you guys were coming to this conference. And he goes, I was going to call you guys out at the next session because I hadn't seen you yet. (laughs) And anyway, you know, we're kind of there and we're chit-chatting with them all of 30 seconds. Two things on that. One, you know, Don said, there's a big bald white guy <laughs> and a shorter bald black guy that were Ted the odd couple because uh, what else would I doubt he's reading right. every name tag when he walks by <laughs> and then I said to Roscoe who's truly the most humble man I ever ever knew I said Roscoe I said wasn't that incredible he goes yeah and I said I'm going to ask you an honest question Roscoe are you disappointed wouldn't you have rather that he called our names out yeah, and the the whole people? Thing. and he goes I'm not going to lie to you I am disappointed <laughs> <laughs> So a little anecdote from that uh, conference. And I, I have great memories of that more because of Roscoe being with me. Right. And we had just an incredible time. It was just two of us. We, church was in a different point back then, and him being here meant a lot to me personally. But I'm with you, Steve. I've been to countless conferences. Hey, but you know what I remember from that conference related yeah. to R.C. Sproul? Yeah. Maybe you'll remember this. I, I know what you're going to say. So it's his, it's his time to preach. Yes. So he walks out on the stage. And he's almost like Columbo. He reaches around in his pockets yep. looking for something. And then he finds it. He pulls out this folded up piece of paper. Yeah. And so he, he unfolds it. And there's a little pulpit platform right there right in front of him. He un, and he unfolds it. And he sits it down on the, the desk. He's got one sheet. And he presses it down because it wants to come up, you know, because it's been folded. Yeah. 
And then he walks away and starts talking and never once looked at the sheet of paper. Wow. <laughs> I've been told that Sproul never uses notes. Yeah. I, I've heard several people say that, that I think have an in. He didn't that day. I, I, do, I thought you were going to say, I believe that's the same conference where he virtually physically threatened the guy that took his picture. Do you remember that? No. They said, it was, it was that same one. They said that Sproul had a, a condition uh, where he was incredibly sensitive to flashing huh. lights. So they said, look, I know a lot of people. Shows things have changed, too, in 06. I mean, people were using cell phones, but the iPhone wasn't even out yet. Uh, it came out uh. a year later. So it was a little different back then. You know, yeah. If you had a BlackBerry, you were like the equivalent of your, of your Galaxy S8 today. And um, so there were still people. And there was one guy there. I, just, I think it was a young Asian guy. Took a, a picture of him. He was in the front. And uh, Spro called him out. Went off on him, huh? Yes, he kind of went off, and it was almost a little awkward. He goes, because people were kind of laughing, nervous. He goes, "Yeah, everybody's laughing. I'm not laughing." <laughs> and he said, "Yep." He goes, "He goes, he goes. You and me, we're gonna have a come meet Jesus meeting if that happens again." And it was, uh, it was a weird moment of huh. Spro kind of going off on. I like that. Spro's got a little bit of an edge to him. Yeah, you could easily imagine him doing that. Oh, I could. Too. He's you got some personality. He's got a little. <laughs> Little hoots. He's not afraid to, to be in your face. No, no, and uh, yeah, but I, I like you, Steve. Went to countless conferences, like you, Nathan. From I mean, I came to Christ at sixteen, mm-hmm. and I remember going to youth conferences yeah. and uh, oh, Youth for Christ Alive in Ocean yep. City, Maryland. Newsboys, DC Talk, yep. speakers, Josh McDowell. I mean, I just lived and died by the conferences. Yeah, but you are right. You would come home on a Sunday night exhausted, and all of a sudden, the experience you had with a thousand other teenagers or people, you realize that's not reproducible. Yeah, it's gone, man. It's gone. And until next year, I remember being discouraged because I felt like, oh, what's wrong with me, man? Yeah. The Holy Spirit was so active there, and I think Why it's can't more I keep that high. I think it's like, well, I think a thousand kids in a room on any topic yes. <laughs> probably right. going to give you that list. Yeah, yeah. thirty thousand so, college students yeah. at a stadium, yes. all singing and swaying. Yes, yeah. yes. So we're we're obviously going to bash conferences. <laughs> the, the hearers can feel it coming. Right? It's building. <laughs> we're going to bash, but but I want to preface the bashing by saying, and I'm sure you guys will say this too. You know, there there are some good things about conferences, no right? Doubt. No we doubt. can look back and say that one benefited yeah. me in this way and that one benefited me. I have a story for you, however. Here's here's the best benefit that ever came to me or my family through a conference. Yeah. So my oldest son Nathan was single, he was younger, single, and he and his buddy Rob went to a conference. It was a singles conference. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots and lots of singles. Yeah. So when they arrived there, my son Nathan says to his buddy Rob, Rob, find me a woman. Yeah. <laughs> and then he got very specific. Yeah. This is that this is that son. He said, Find me a cellist. Yeah. <laughs> so so all right. So Rob Rob goes off and I don't know if it was later that day or the next day or what, but he meets this girl named Sarah. Yeah. And uh, they talk a little bit. And he, you know, what do you do? Well, I play the cello. He said to her, wait a minute, wait a minute, stay right there. Oh, Don't go anywhere. He went off and found my son, brought him over to her. They are now married. They have four kids. <laughs> Dude, no so, way. So, you know, that was a conference. <laughs> wow. Brought my son his Sarah, man. Wow. Does she still play the cello? She does. Wow. She teaches cello. That's nice. incredible, She's, she's an awesome Steve. mom. That is nice. a great. Hey, I'm glad you gave that shout out for the conference. Yeah, because, hey, look, all caveats out. I'm, I'm not discouraging anybody from going to conferences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, have fun. I, I think there should Go be for it. Um, some realism going into it. Mm-hmm. You know, that um, one of the things you said, Steve, when Nathan had us all texting about it last week, um, I don't want to steal your words, but you said one of the discouraging things is so many of them are kind of celebrity worship driven. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, and to me, like when I go to a conference, I can remember some of the best conferences that I went to was with a group of people that I knew really well. And at the end of the day, instead of deciding to go to every single session that was there, deciding to skip about three or four of them and get together with those group of guys. And to me, that's where the real work was done because those are the guys that I'm coming back with. Those are the guys that I'm in the trenches with every day. And so these are the guys that I want to be praying with, that I want to get to know better, that I want to, you know, experience, um, all these things with. And so, you know, be talking to one another. It's like, you know, no offense to Kevin DeYoung and Matt Chandler and all those guys, but I, I really don't care how your church works and functions. <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean, not in I your mean, church. Really? Right. Different yeah. place, different era. Yeah. 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 You yeah. know, so. Well, let's, let's stay on it, Nathan. Very realistic thing. No matter who, you're right. 
I mean, I, I, in one sense, I get the mathematics of it or the logic of it. Uh, they do a conference with uh, Greg Dutcher, Steve Hartland, Matt Smith. Yeah. Dave Scheib. We're not going to draw that many people. Right. Yeah, we'll draw a you few You don't people. think so? Yeah. Really? I, mean, I think one of our wives would come. <laughs> see if you know it's not mine. It's not mine uh, either. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's either, it's either Tracy or Kathy. Now I'm not so sure any of our wives Definitely not my wife. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say so. She's had enough of conferences too. <laughs> yeah. But here's the, here's the thing. I guarantee you the insight, Steve, that you would, would share, who've been pastoring for decades, Dave Shive, Matt, all churches that might be considered by bar, what medium-sized churches, mm-hmm. multiple hundred-sized churches, but have probably pastored in churches when they were smaller and they were 50 or 60 or 70 people. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you the lessons and the wisdom and the insights are more transferable. Mm-hmm. One of the things I found discouraging about conferences is you got Matt Chandler, who is a tremendous speaker. I think mm-hmm. Chandler really uh, grabs me. I like his style. I like his, uh, uh, his approach. I mean, what does his church do in Texas at? 10,000 people, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. So there is, I mean, ex- expositionally, uh, it's good. But here's my thing. I don't normally go, now this is a little more unique to pastors, for Bible exposition at pastors' conferences. Mm. We get plenty of that, aren't we? Yes, because we get plenty of yeah. that. That's what we do. So yes, of course you want every, yeah, every message to be textually based usually in some sense where you see the insights are coming from the text, and they always do. But uh, you, you tend to want at those conferences, wouldn't you say, Steve, from a pastoral standpoint, some helpful wisdom uh, hearing from pastors that are dealing with a church in crisis, uh, pastors mm-hmm. that are dealing with a church that's there's a sexual ethics issue or, mm-hmm. or uh, there's a growth issue. You're, you're kind of stuck at 200 and you, you'd like to learn what other people have done and experienced. Um, often you just have guys that almost by virtue of who they are, I find a lot of guys get discouraged. Oh yeah, because they they, they hear these glory tales. And I they almost go say back. everybody gets discouraged. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's a guess, but everybody. And dude, let's be honest. You these, come home, I'm dirt. Yes, and what I'm pathetic. I'm worthless. What, what pastors do they often feature, even in the smaller ones where pastors give testimonies? Don't they all go like this? The, well, when I got to uh, Long Island in 1992, <laughs> the church was about 25 people. Today, there's over 6,500 people. We've planted 17 plants, and, you know, everybody. We're all going, oh. Yeah, and here's the guy that's, well, I've been in the same church for 15 years. It was 75 when I got here. It's 75 now. It's been hard. There have been struggle. There's and that's pain. most of the guys of the conference. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think I'd like to see a little more thought on realism. Um I did in, in some of those early T4Gs. I said, look, I, they're not going to radically revamp it. But why don't you – I'm sure 3,000 pastors here, there are probably some really dynamic communicators in this group that I've never had that recognition but would be tremendously accessible, their insights to the smaller church pastor. Now, I'm going to get a little – since I'm on the way out, fellas. I'm, <laughs> I'm you can say anything. More, yes. Greg's um, going to get a little more real in these yes. next podcasts. I, I will uh, not name names on this one, but uh, – well, I'll, I'll name this. The the Together for the Gospel guys, and I went to those first few that they did, one of the refrains you hear is, our hero is the ordinary pastor. And they do some wonderful things to back that up. I mean, the books – do you remember, Steve, you come up with these yeah. free – probably hundreds of dollars worth uh-huh. of books if you yeah. go to these conferences that these publishers provide. That's a tremendous boon. Younger pastor, tight budget, doesn't have much to build a library, and you get some some great resources. So I I don't mean to paint this with too broad a, of a brush. Um, it's weird that the hero is the ordinary pastor when you can never get access to the guys. Yeah. Uh, and in the future <laughs> versions of T4G, Tim Challis talked about this on a blog. It's weird. Some of the speakers are getting swag bags. Like, like you get uh. there. There's a gate at the front. If you saw with guards, that you can't. You can't. Can't go up it there. It just feels yep. weird. And I think some of the speakers do their session and then they disappear. And they go. And then yes. they come out for the next day for their session and they disappear. Yep. So it's not like they're even part of the conference. They're not you don't really get to they, interact they, with them at all. They drop in for the 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 message, so yeah. to speak. Which, by the way, if I was a conference speaker and I have been in a lesser scale, sure, in sure. various places. Um, Man, I, I could never do that. I couldn't yeah. just drop in, drop my bombs, fly back out yeah. again and say, y'all deal with yeah. that. I'd have to be there with the people all day, every day. Right. 
right. like I'm a conferee. Yes, yes. Particularly in that case, Steve, when you're the people have paid to get there. Yeah. And there there there's a sense in which there's access. So I'm not expecting like a Matt Chandler or somebody to be accessible to ten thousand people. people. But mm-hmm. but something that, that goes away. So what I put in my feedback form early on and uh, they've never done it, so uh, I don't think I probably scored many <laughs> points of persuasion there I said why don't you have your big lineup your big names get your sproles and your pipers i get all that you know, people want to want to see the the well-known guys get one guy mm-hmm. i mean you, they've got the connections get a guy that's an unknown guy mark sweeney uh pastored with a guy bill kines who's in dc who is a steering partner mark always says bill kines is the guy who's a steering committee guy at gospel coalition that you've never heard of hmm. but he goes to all the meetings Tremendous insights. Pastor to church, it's just you know, 200 or so for years. Probably got some great things to share. And I, that would go a long way in maybe making um, making it a little more accessible for people, a little more relatable as well. Well, um, I mean, and at the end of the day, I remember um, my uncle and I, this was probably about five-plus years ago now, we went to um, a conference that Ligonier was putting on, and it was right down in um, – I think it was like right down in Bethesda here uh-huh. and, um, you know, here in Maryland – and R.C. Sproul couldn't make it. He was having health issues. Sure. But what they did was they Skyped him in. Oh, that's cool. And you got to ask him question and answers. Oh, that's really you cool. You know, and to me, it's like, okay, so you're getting John Piper on and you're going to have him speak for two hours. Can't you keep him on for another 45 minutes to an hour and let people go up to a mic and ask him some questions? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. really? You, you can't do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I think the Q&A is a great attempt. And some conferences do that better than others. And we'll say um, the Alistair Begg Pastors Conference. You ever been to that, Steve? Yeah. Uh, they normally do a pretty good job of trying to have some Q&A. Yeah, that was a good event. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's that is a good conference. It's not quite as big as some of the others. Not yeah. as sexy as some of the other uh-huh. conferences. But I think always does a good job. And Begg does seem to have a pastor's heart. He's a great uh, guy. He is, isn't he? I really like him. I do too. Seems Plus to his be... accent, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah dude. I want to marry him. <laughs> I know. That, that accent, man. He could read. He could read his grocery read the phone list. Book. That's right. And you would be. What's a phone uh, book? Some of our heroes. That's right. He could read your Twitter feed. Um, yeah, but I, um, I would say uh, that that's something that maybe conferences could do. And then for the the attendees, um, I think uh, you know just to to know going into it. Um, this is, in some sense, uh, a a phony reality. I, yeah. I want to be careful. There's great stuff that happens. Right. But I've met some people that it's actually stoked in them almost a utopian. Right. I mentioned in church, Nathan, a, a couple of weeks ago. There yeah. was a couple here years ago. I don't think there'd be any association because uh, it's been a long time who were discouraged by the results of the uh, first Obama mm presidential election and felt very discouraged that things were going in the wrong direction and were tired of living in the state of Maryland, which is liberal and democratic and so blue. And uh, they moved to another part of the country that was, did they, that was more in keeping. And I think that's an extreme example. Um, you know, but there there is sometimes a desire. I meet people all the time that just say, "Man, if I could just be around Christians all the time," um, you, know, and, <laughs> you know. Now on this podcast, I think we'd say, "Yeah, I don't, I don't want that." Yeah. Well, that sounds right on mission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Well, that's part of it too. Yeah, that is part. It's of, yeah. like you know uh, that, that it can stoke that. It doesn't mean the conference is wrong for it. So, but I tend to think the conference planners. Matt Smith does a good job with his uh, youth conference that our church has done for years, Youth Advance. His last session, it's it's become a little formulaic, and Matt, that's not an insult if you're listening, but I know you're not. Um, <laughs> his last session, last 10 minutes, he always tells the kids what to expect when you go home. And he says, you're going to get home today, you're going to be telling stories in the car, you might be texting friends. He goes, and tomorrow morning you're going to be back in school. And he goes, I guarantee you by Tuesday or Wednesday morning you're going to feel pretty flat. You know, oh, absolutely, just, yeah, and and to prepare them for that can help a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I, um, when Joy and I, uh, you know, us being married and her starting out in teaching, we were the young couple that was always the go-to couple for retreats. Yeah, it's like oh, we need two young couples. We need a guy and a girl to go chaperone something. Two young couples, you know, have at it, and so we would often chaperone 
the the leadership conferences at the school and things like that. And one of the things that I appreciated about um, I, I don't remember specifically what type of a leadership conference it was for these students, but the speaker would come in and he would be like, "Guys, this is this is not reality," and he would give them that that talk. And he would say, one of the things you need to do is a lot of you are trying to make decisions and commit your life to Christ. And you're trying to break addictions and habits. He's like, can I just make a couple of practical suggestions? Go home and get a good meal and get a good night's sleep. <laughs> wow. wow. He's like, for those of you that who sounds are, like what I want to do yeah, when I'm yeah, at a conference, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, and it's like, for those of you who, you know, let, let's say you have an issue with pornography, you know, you're going to go home from this conference and I guarantee within 10 minutes, you are going to be tempted to get on your computer Go home, eat something, and get a good night's sleep because you are prone to do stupid stuff when you're tired. Yeah. Hmm. You know, and so like very real and honest with the students about their their needs. You yep. know, not go home and set the world on fire. It's like, no, go home, get a bite to eat and, and get yourself some yeah. rest. Um, you know, good. and and to me, those are the things that are that that's reality. Yeah. And that's what people need to hear, and that's what they need to live in. Yeah. And so you know, the same thing with Matt, you know, it's like, these are the things you're going to be feeling and experiencing yes. and that's okay. It's kind of dude, what, what good pre-marriage counseling is. Yeah. You know, I always tell the couple when I sit with them, I said, look, you're thinking about the wedding right now. If I'm with a guy one-on-one, I say, and you're thinking about the, the wedding, wedding night. That's <laughs> right. right. Exactly. So she's thinking about I the tell wedding. Them that. Yeah. You dude are thinking about the wedding. <laughs> uh-huh. Get all that. And I said, look, totally enjoy this time. It's a beautiful time. Yeah. I'm marrying a bunch of couples. Uh-oh. Phone is going off. Um, Woo! Oh, I didn't do it. See how real we are on this podcast. And uh, I normally tell the couple at some point, say, look, here's how I'm thinking about you. I'm not thinking wedding day, wedding night. I'm thinking about you guys 17 and a half years into mm. it. On a uh, February morning where two of your kids are sick, your bank account's a little thin, um, <clears throat> you two haven't had a good week. said, I, I want to talk to you about that. Yeah. Because... Um, you're going to have a lot of days like that, you know. <laughs> They're going to be long. They're going to be uh, tough, and I and so sometimes I tell them, "You guys doing all right?" And they'll, you know, some couples say, "You did kind of burst our bubble a little bit." And I said, <laughs> "I know." So the joy is going to be back really soon. But. We should have a podcast sometime on premarital counseling. Oh, how it goes, the pros and cons. Nice, that's a good. What one. gets covered, what shouldn't get covered, what should get covered. Yeah. Oh, we should. Yeah, let's do that. It, it could be interesting. That would be interesting. You're going into a season of uh, marriages, Greg, aren't oh, you? Yeah. Where oh, you're yeah. doing a bunch. So maybe, maybe doing kind of going weddings, on the yeah. end of that season, yeah. we could we could have you call in um, and sit down and talk <laughs> about that stuff. I'd love to, man. That might be a first guest drop in. There you go. Sometime. To, uh, that's a great idea. So, yeah, the pros and cons of pre-marriage college. But you mentioned, this wasn't your word, but you mentioned... You know, by Wednesday you're flat. You're talking, yeah. You yeah. mentioned that, okay? Yeah. That that's one of my reasons. I've got a list of reasons here. I'm going to get through them somehow. Yes. Uh, one of my reasons that I don't want to go to conferences anymore is just that, man, you sit for hours and hours and hours and hours and listen and listen to speaker after speaker after speaker, and after a while, I'm just getting tired. Yeah. You know, my yeah. brain's getting blurry and. I need a nap. Yeah. Where do I go to take my nap? Yep. Yeah. Well, see, the motel is way back over there. Right. And, you know, so, um, man, they just get tiring. Yeah. Now, maybe just because I'm older than 30. <laughs> uh, I feel the same, dude. But it's like a torture I wouldn't inflict upon my enemies. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Or go to a conference. <laughs> yes. Yes. What uh, else you got on that list, Steve? Well, also, you know, this, this is kind of mundane, but a conference takes days out of my real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like my real life. Yeah. Yeah. But it takes time to uh, to book the travel. It takes time to set things up. It takes time to pack. It takes time to go to your plane, get on your plane. I mean, there's a day spent just getting there, right, if you're flying somewhere. And then uh, all the time away at the conference. Maybe I'm away from my wife if it's a pastor's conference, away from home. I don't sleep well. I'm grumpy, aren't I? Yeah, I know. I'm, you're, you're describing start, every conference. Start I've talking ever with an R.C. Sproul voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, then all the fly, put it in reverse, fly back home, unpack, drive home from the airport, all this stuff. Oh, man. Why can't I just be home and do things that are, you know, the responsible things I need to do? Yeah. And furthermore, you know, when we go to pastor's conferences, you said this earlier. So I'm going to hear John Piper, right? Well, guess what? I've read his books. 
I've listened to him online. Yeah. I've read the blog. I've read what other people said about him. How many different ways can he tell me, <laughs> you know, that God is most glorified when uh, I'm most satisfied? Sure, right? sure, yeah. So, uh, and I'm not I'm, most satisfied right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. So I'd rather come home and mow the lawn, which I don't do, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Steve? To that point, great point. I actually think what happens, I don't know, this might be more me. Uh, you, you do tend to know when you've got Sproul. Piper, uh, MacArthur, you've read these guys, you've heard these guys, you kind of you kind of know their shtick, right? MacArthur is the is the sufficiency of the Bible guy, right? Yes. Sproul's going to be talking about Calvinism, election. That Piper's going to be talking about what you said, Christian hedonism. You, I mean, they, they, I, I'm being a little bit, you know, one dimensional here. They, they, they've got more depth, but you kind of know their general gist. So what I tend to, to notice among conferences, particularly pastors' conferences is if you listen to everybody, myself included, you kind of turn the event into something. Well, you, you, you kind of know what their thing is, so you almost just grade which speech was better. Yeah, you do. You know? <laughs> and you compare yourself to it. Yeah, that's what like, I let's do. Let's see, could I have preached as well yeah. as he did just now? Yeah. Or I said, you know, I actually think I could have preached. I could have done that better. What Sproul did better. <laughs> Because I, I would have started with a story he talks about, oh, the year King Uzziah died. I would have talked about 9-11. Everybody remembers that day. Why don't they have me up there? Yeah, I should be up there doing it. And so it becomes this weirdly uh, navel-gazing. Yeah, introspective. It, it does. Comparative uh, thing. And, I've, and then I'm actually surprised conferences are still successful. I to me, conferences are the equivalent of movie theaters. Yeah. People predicted, oh, nobody's ever going to go to a movie uh, theater. And – Bogus, right? You know, people well, look, are so conferences stoked. are a business, right? Yes. Follow the money. Yes. They're a bit. I mean, I, I'm sure there's spiritual aspects, right? All, but they're a business. People are making money. Money is changing hands. No doubt. A lot of money. A lot is changing of money. Hands. Yeah. You know, if you get three thousand oh. pastors who all, oh. so, uh, and, and so, no wonder they want to get the big name speakers in that are going to draw the big crowds because the crowds are the money. Uh, it's very true. But I, my I, point is, I can now listen, Steve, online. So that's what I started doing. I haven't been to a conference for years either. The last, I think I went to a Ligonier one was one of my last ones. And by the way, all these conferences overpack their schedule. Yeah. They're exhausting. Oh, yeah, they really are. So like you said, you have to learn to just skip sessions. Yeah. Pick what you want. I did the same. I would look at it ahead of time and say, I'm going to listen to these three. Yeah. And all the others are going to be online in 12 hours. They yeah. are. So, so during that one, Debbie and I are going to drive into town yes. and see the town. And, get a nice and dinner the together. architecture. Yeah, right. Yeah, not, right. not the restaurant right near the center where you can't get a seat because yeah. everybody's running to get you. Uh-huh. You'll, you'll go into town. You'll find the right place and enjoy the scenery. Good move. Yeah. You know, another thing, I really liked what you said, Nathan, about how uh, a group of you went to a conference. Now you're traveling in community, yeah. and so you get to confer with those people. That makes great sense. But a lot of conferences, you kind of go alone, or maybe you know one or two people. But honestly, you spend you wind up spending a lot of time with people you don't know, you'll never see again, yeah. and you maybe don't even like. Like, you wind up at, at a table with them. <laughs> yeah. You wind up over here yeah. sitting near them, yeah. and you get in conversations with them, and you're thinking, I'm never going to see this person again. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, we and it's funny because you hear, like, at the conferences, they encourage that type of thing. It's like, oh, yeah, find people you don't know and get to know them and make friendships and relationships. It's like, that makes sense on. in a local church. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 At a conference, right? I mean, right. that's a great point. I've never stayed in touch yeah. with yeah. anybody I've met yeah. at a conference. Who has? I, maybe for a short period. Do you remember, Steve? Uh, again, the, the T4G, there was a dude that was having trying to have meetings at Panera. Do you remember that? Based off of that conference we went to. Yeah. And I remember you and I went to one or two of them. And I just remember it didn't seem to have much yeah. purpose. It, it uh-huh. seemed a little disconnected. I mean, the, the dude, I don't remember the guy doing it. I think he was trying to do a good thing. Yes. And get pastors connected, but it was. And then here's a better, here's an example of where it does happen to work out. Mm-hmm. I met a complete stranger at a conference at Mars Hill Church, now defunct, in, yeah, in Seattle. Right, right. So uh, it was a pastor's conference. I met this guy. And uh, we talked a little bit, and you know, I'm from Baltimore, and blah blah blah. And he said, "Well, he'd you know, he'd really like to be part of a church plant in Baltimore City." And I told him we're thinking of planning one. So a little later, we did. We brought Mike Crawford over here from California. We yeah. put him in the city. We supported him. Uh, the Lord used him to plant a church. They're live and doing great right now. And guess what? That dude I met in Seattle, 
is their number two guy on staff. No, that that's nice. cool. So there are some exceptions. There are. Yeah. Well, that and your daughter-in-law is a pretty yeah. notable exception. Uh-huh. <laughs> Those are both pretty good. You're keeping us honest. Uh-huh. That's good. But here's another reason why I don't want to go. Now, this one's completely tongue-in-cheek, but I guess I kind of mean it. <laughs> I, I think we need to think about the regulative principle of conferences. <laughs> Oh, no, don't get us there again. You know, there are none. That's right, we're already kicked out of that group, so we can say whatever we want. There are none in the Bible. And if they're in, not in the Bible? Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't have them. That's, that's right. Point. That's uh-huh. a good point, yeah. Nice. Yes. How come we're having them? Because yes. they're no, I actually think, I think you can have a conference because of the Acts 15 uh, oh, the Jerusalem yeah, Conference. Jerusalem, but there can be no musical instruments. <laughs> there you go. Because I didn't read about that. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there can be no Twitter hashtag uh, handle for the uh, duration of the conference since they didn't have Twitter. And different speakers get yeah. to speak as we debate an issue. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Furthermore, we've already hinted at this, but I'll say it again. Real transformation. Lasting transformation. Everybody knows, I hope. It generally, it just doesn't come from conferences. No. Yeah. Um, it comes from your community group. Yeah. Yeah. And every community group on earth has a weird guy or girl in it, right? Yeah. Somebody yeah. who's hard to be around. You need them. Yeah. You need to be around them. Yeah. So you learn to love, so you learn to give, so you learn to care, so you yeah. learn to yeah. provide and deny yourself. Yeah. Very, very But you go to a conference and, and, uh, they're, they're the most extreme speakers on the most extreme and amazing topics. Everybody's singing worship songs, listening to the most amazing speakers. And you go away thinking, you know, I've got to attain to this. I've got to live on this higher plane when I get home. I've got to hang on to this. And uh, I'm not adoring God right. I need to stay on the mountaintop. And you go home and, like we said, you have to take the garbage out yeah. that night. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And you just crash. And some of the speakers, man, like I love, I'm sure you love, everybody loves. How could you not love Francis Chan? No. Right? Mm-hmm. The guy's incredible. He's just totally lovable. He's a sweetheart. I like his his view of mission and the way he's on it now, the way he resigned his pastorate and wants Uh to help plant churches everywhere. I just love, love, love the guy. But I've listened to a bunch of sermons by him at conferences. Uh And the body language of his preaching paints an impossible picture of the Christian life, I think. Uh What I mean by that is every phrase, every pause, every comma, every period is so felt with him and so emphatic with him. And you feel like, man, there's a spiritual guy, you know. Here's a guy who's got a heart for God. And if I'm not like him, I'm dirt. And guess what? Most of us are not like him. It's just the way he's wound, man. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's just his his chemistry. It's his brain, the way things fire in his brain or something. He's just a feeling. He's a mystic. Yeah. Mm. He he is kind of a mystic. He really is. I agree. Like, he's got secret things going on with God. Yeah. But it was so emotionally charged and intense and hyped up. I had this thought in my mind, and I hope this isn't, you know, like pro. It's not bad language or anything, but I was reminded of the Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. Mm. Like Francis Chan was like the Wizard of Oz, where you know you're standing outside of the curtain, right. and he's this great, big, loud, powerful. Yeah. But you go behind the curtain, yeah. it's just a man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. It's just a man. Yeah, sure. But uh, man, the gigantic preaching out front is just just amazing. No, you're right about the supercharged uh, language and stuff. And actually, dude, I'm not as big of a Chan guy. I I, I, hear, yeah. I, I, I liked him a lot in the past. Part of my reason, I kind of link him with David Platt and what you just said. <laughs> I find their visions of Christianity, Christianity thoroughly unachievable. A little extreme, impossible. Impossible yes. and guilt-producing. Yeah. And I, I, I've gotten a lot of heat for that. And some, I got some friends that love both guys. Um, I... But hear me right. I think they're solid biblically. I don't think they're heretics. Right. I, nothing like that. Right. I just think it is. You know what it reminds me of? When I was first uh, saved, I was big into the music of Keith Green. Mm. And That uh, was about the only good music we had then, yes, wasn't it? Yes, it was. There wasn't yeah. much out there back then. It was that or Beethoven. Uh, but it was uh, – Green Petra was – Petra was rocking it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Petra, Larry Norman. Uh-huh. Uh, Green was extreme. Like that, and it it reminds me of a. He was kind of the David Platt radical before David Platt radical. I just think the. Uh, I've talked to so many people, women in particular, that uh, feel incredibly worthless. You're right, women in particular. Yeah. Yes. yes. That that seem to have. I think women tend to be more sensitive to it and have yeah. this assurance struggle. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, Lisa's given me permission to speak of that through the years from time to time, that assurance has always been um, 
been a challenge, and I find that for a lot of women, I think that can be prone to guilt, self shame. Just you know, I mean, you, I mean, how many pictures of the Proverbs thirty one wife? We've talked about that before. <laughs> She's up at the crack of dawn. Her children are perfect, and yeah. they're singing songs of praise to the Lord. And you can paint these pictures. Now they're awesome for preaching. That's why I mean, when you talk about Chan, these phrases, these intonations, these rhetorically charged. Uh, energy-packed mm-hmm. uh, yeah. declarations. Um, and, yeah, you're right. Behind that, I guarantee you, Chan's a man who has stubbed his toe yeah. and said something that he probably wouldn't say on stage. He's he's just a guy. But a lot of young people yeah. oh, just gravitate to that because they don't know yet No, this is not sustainable. No. This is not real life. No. You can't go home and do this. Yeah. It's only on the stage here. And and if I said that to them, they'd say, "Well, you just don't get it. Yeah, you're obviously not spirit filled. Oh something. yeah, you're yeah, not, you're, you're a spiritual douchebag, yes, Hartland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we coin a phrase? Hashtag spiritual douchebag. <laughs> yes. See if anybody's done that before. Uh, uh, I think we've done that before. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I've been called that without the spiritual, <laughs> but I'm not sure if that's the same thing. Uh, so you know point. how Marshall McLuhan said that the medium is the message. Uh-huh. He taught us that. So what is the medium at a conference? It's big, it's incredible, it's mountaintop, mm-hmm. it's loud, it's uh, world-class bands with world-class music and world-class speakers and world-class everything in world-class motels. That's not life, man. Yeah. Uh, I like what Paul said, and this is for women. You know, women struggle with uh, a doubt and lack of assurance, and they hear Francis Chan, they go home and say, man, I'm just pathetic, I'm not good at all. Um, I love what Paul says in First Timothy to the widows, the ones who are younger. And he says, I want the younger women to, now let's put a dot, dot, dot right there. Mm-hmm. And if you inserted the Francis Chan video I just watched a week or two ago, it would be incredible, amazing, spiritual, high things that he wants the younger women. But no, he says, you know what, I want love them to husbands. marry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love your husband. Love your children. Bear children. Yeah. Manage the household. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> don't don't be a slander yeah, or your right. gospel. Yeah. And give the adversary no opportunity for reproach. Uh, wow, how dull. Yes, how Paul, you missed an opportunity, a teaching opportunity. How mundane. You just told him to get married and have babies? Yeah. Yeah. Manage well, the home? Well, that, yeah. That's yeah, why God it, is honored by that. It didn't get much press, but if you see, Michael Horton wrote a book called Ordinary that is clearly – a, a bit of a shot over the bow at Radical. It's this, Is it really? It, it's the same basic artwork. Good for him, man. And I appreciated it. It was a huh. good book. Uh, I thought it was balanced. I thought it was – he doesn't deny the, the, the kind of provocative claims of Christ on our life or anything like that. But he just brings in what you just said. That was ordinary. I think of the same thing when you uh, said, Nathan, about the dude who said – Go eat something. Yeah. Get to bed a little early. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Well, that's not spiritual. Yeah. Uh, isn't that Paul? What he told those at uh, what in Second Thessalonians? He, I was about to say yeah, the Thessalonians. Of, do something useful with your yeah. hands. Yeah. Work with your hands. Work man. with your hands. Uh-huh. Live a quiet life. Yeah. yeah. Peaceable life. That these things commend the gospel uh, in a way, and um, they don't they don't draw crowds. So that's a great point, uh, Steve, about the. The Chan thing, and I just want to be clear on that because you you started to say, we don't want to just bash bash bash, right? I think it it you're right, younger people especially, dude. Well, Piper has that yeah. same effect. Piper is in essence a sort of an uh, uh, ascetic mystic type of guy, yeah, I mean, slash guru. Yes, he hasn't watched TV his entire <laughs> life, and <laughs> That's right. you know so and and even even Barnabas said this on Happy Rain. You think that means he's not watching Fargo? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That, you know, Piper is uh, – you got a lot of young, impressionable guys. I mean, Piper can right. preach. I mean, he what he can do with uh, oh, yeah. phrases. He and, can rip and you words. up. Oh, he's incredible. Um, so these guys are enamored with him. Uh, and naturally, oh, I, I want to be like John Piper. Right. And uh, Barnabas said one time that um, my dad, you know, obviously I know him well. Right. Is a very unique man. Yeah. True. Very unique. Uh-huh. And he said, and most people aren't like him. And he said, so what happens is you got a lot of young guys. And he said this. And it's not the theology that's necessarily the problem, but the crappy imitation right. of him when they're not him uh, yeah, is pretty yeah. – it's not very compelling. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, And it doesn't commend itself to a watching world too well. Yeah. And I said, you gotta, you got to be you right. in Christ. 
Yeah. Here's something that bothered me. As an older guy, I was at a T4G conference. John Piper was one of the speakers. He did a great job. He's John Piper. Yeah, always does. does. he ever preach a bad sermon? No, I've Can't never heard one, no. yeah. So did a great job. Then they had a breakout session, and various conference speakers were going to be in there, and you could meet with them in a smaller setting. So I went to the John Piper breakout session. It was in a small room, and we probably had 80 people crammed in there. Uh, I was in my 50s then. And the average age of the room was probably 20, yeah, 23, somewhere right in there. Um, so they were sitting on the floor, cross-legged, every possible space. There's people jammed in that room. And, and they got to shoot questions at John Piper, and he would answer. And this is what, this is what bugged me. And really, I, I tell you, in all honesty, it is not envy. It's not like, well, I want to be John Piper, so I don't like what went on. In there. But it it's just felt like hero worship mm-hmm. in the extreme to me the way they looked at him oh sure the way they listened to him the way they right. every word that dropped you know they just held on to that word right. to all the notes they took stuff and it just made me feel like this is almost cultic right mm-hmm. it's weird yeah well isn't that what we talked about when we talked about like the regulative principle and stuff was you know uh, I think it was Matt who was like, you know, is there really anything wrong if people are asking Pastor John questions, you uh, know, when they ask Pastor John stuff, yeah. you know, and I forget who said it, but it was like, well, what's wrong is that he's not telling him to go to scripture and look at the answer themselves. Right. I, uh, I would say you know? with, I've listened to 30, 40, 50 of those ask Pastor John. And I will say, I'm glad you Same said thing. that. I would like to hear more, uh, sometimes to say, okay, well, um, all I can give you is my opinion because the right. Bible is silent on the issue. I'd like to hear that. Oh, I have heard yeah, it occasionally. I'd like to hear it a lot more regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Or so that Christians have three views on this. Yes. I respect yeah. them all. Yeah. Here's that one, that one. Here's mine. Yeah. You guys get to decide where you fall. Yeah. yeah. Well, and again, it takes us back to our Sabbath uh, Kevin DeYoung thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when one of the guys reached out to me, Nathan, after that podcast mm-hmm. you know, and said, Greg, I'm that guy or the type of guy that you mentioned. We're in a church. I think it was a confessional kind of mm-hmm. PCA or you know, covenant church of, of uh, some reform stripe. And he said they had walked their people through it, mm-hmm. answered questions. And then what happens, you know, well, Kevin De- DeYoung, did you see the article? And they almost view it as a gospel alarm right. that maybe huh. my leadership has missed. Huh. And when you really read it, it's like, no, uh, that was Kevin DeYoung's opinion. Yes. Yeah. And he can put that into practice in his church. Right. And with his elders and leaders and talk about it. But that was, I mean, right. dude, how many times have we and, said it? And where was the scripture in there Kevin DeYoung's? There was zero oh, scripture. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, it was almost like um, written as if, well, we all know. We don't need to really go to the yeah. Bible for this. It's like, yeah, I think you needed to. Yeah. And I think you wouldn't have written the article. You know, I had a seminary professor. He was a great guy. I loved him. Yeah. And a uh, great heart for Jesus. And he taught me Greek really good. But uh, – Sometimes he would get on his hobby horse, and it was like, Christians should not go to movies. Yeah. And so a student would say, why not? And he would say, well, you just shouldn't. Yeah. Like, everybody knows that. You just shouldn't. It's a like, given. Back in my day, nobody did. So yeah. you shouldn't either. Right. Uh, you know, give us some scripture here, brother. I think I know who that guy was. I'll ask you off air. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll ask you right. off air. I think I – because I know where you went to Bible yeah. college, and I know a few of the folks that you might have had. Right. Well, and I think too, like again, swinging back to the conference, this is this is the stuff, particularly, you know that that pastors are are now dealing with because a pastors' conference isn't just a pastors' conference, you know, yeah. and so you've got members of the congregation who will go to the conferences and they'll listen to these views and opinions that are being, you know, talked about by these leaders, and then you know you go back to your church and it's like, well, I was at that same conference you were. Why aren't we doing it like Kevin DeYoung or John Piper mm. or blah 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 yeah. blah? It's like because we're not them. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, and we're not it's, there. Yeah, we're not. I mean, that's yeah. That transferable principle right. is, is the key. Like, what's the principle to transfer, right. not the specific? That's another thing about conferences that I think I've observed down through the years. You go to the conference, and it's amazing. It's a mountaintop experience, and then you're the average Christian, and you come back home, and not only are you dis- depressed and discouraged about your own Christian life, but you go to your church then next Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just can't compare, right? Yeah, it's impossible. They brought in world-class everything and put it up on the stage. It just can't compare. And so some people can become disappointed and disillusioned about their church. I think it ought to be the opposite. You just ought to be nuts about your church. Love your church. Committed to your church. And the conference thing, all right, that's weird. We do that once in a while. Yeah. Or not. Yep. Right. I agree. That's well said, Steve. Yeah, I like that idea of being nuts about your church. And it it happens a lot. Um, 
I've said that to Dave Shive. If you know about the uh, about the perspectives uh, missions uh, program that's mm-hmm. by U.S. Center of World Missions, it's great. I think it's great material. I think it's some of the best out there. They're on the cutting edge of uh, having their finger on the pulse of I think missions today. I told Dave because he's 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 a regular regular lecturer. I would appreciate, and I know he tried to do that. If if they could get some final word in there to please don't take this and now go turn your church leadership team into Swiss cheese. Yes, mm-hmm. because you you learn about you learn some things that I think are legitimate how little money and resources are poured in to some of the most unreached places in the world. And I said, I just think it would be – because I've, I've had that. I've had some people very well-meaning that almost come and in an accusatory way. Hmm. You know? And they don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, yeah. they, they don't want the church to feel uh, you know, uh, put off by the folks that go through perspective. So I said, I think they could use that kind of final lesson. Hey, here's what you do. How can you become a missionary enthusiast in your church in an affirming – encouraging way make yourself available to your missions pastor or your youth pastor or your senior pastor and mm-hmm. say hey I, t- I was excited about it i learned a lot if there's anything i could do to help please let me know right. you know yeah. and um now to his credit i heard cj mahaney speak at a conference and he was the last speaker yeah and at the end of his last message he pretty much closed with what you just said oh that's cool mm-hmm. yeah that's he did I think it really well go back to your to church it. and your pastors and yeah. your ministry right. and your friends it's very good. Yeah, I agree. And just be be a source of encouragement. Yeah. Because um, there's nothing worse than when you forget. Okay, you're going to tell me the 27 things that we're not doing right, <laughs> and you're kind of implying if they aren't fixed in the next two weeks, you're out of here. We're out of here. We've got some major issues, right. and it's just wow. I mean, you'd say it's there's many burdens happening in every congregation, right. and uh, you know, it, it it's just a little. But I like that. I think I actually have heard Mahaney do that too. Yes. It's good. It's that. Maybe it was at a T for G and we both heard him do that. Might have been. I don't remember where it was. Might have been. Hey, here's another reason mm-hmm. maybe not to go to a conference. You can drop some change Ooh. going to a conference, oh, yeah. man. I mean, what does it cost to go to Louisville and back, pay for the conference, pay for the airfare, yeah. pay for the dining out that you're going to do, pay for the food in the airport, pay for the gas, pay for the parking, pay for all that. You can easily drop 1200 bucks. Easily. Yeah. Going to a conference. Yeah. That's 1200 bucks. I can use in a few other places yeah. in real life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. goodbye conferences. Yeah. Well and I think you know, I think about stuff outside of conference. You know, I mean, Greg and I we've we we've talked on this podcast before, you know, huge nerd. I love comics, I love yeah. games and all that stuff. And you know, I've <laughs> I've thought about going to like Comic Con, things like sure. that, you know, and it's like but I think about, you know, first of all, Joy doesn't have that level of an interest. So uh-huh. I think about going to something like that by myself. And that just kind of depresses me. That's a little yeah, sad. Yeah, that is sad. You know, but like I think about, hey, if I could get four or five other guys uh-huh. to go to this thing, you know, that would be a good time. And that happens. Guys travel yeah. and go together. Yeah, you oh, know, yeah. and so to me, the, con- the the Christian conference is kind of like the same thing. If I'm going to this thing alone, to me, that feels a little sad. <laughs> But if I'm getting together with, you know, several guys and we're going to go out and, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to go out to dinner afterwards after the sessions and hang out. And this is kind of this is going to be a time where we're going to get together and we're going to bond and we're going to hang out. I I can see that, you know, but if I'm going alone and it's like. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to go to a restaurant by myself, or I'm yeah. going back to the hotel room by yeah. myself. At the end of the really sucks. Yeah. I've yeah. done it once or twice. Have you ever done the solo conference? Oh yeah. It's kind of like oh, that's awful. Yeah, it's rough. But on the other hand, if I take Debbie to a conference with me, we, we wind up missing so many sessions because yeah. we want to go see the town <laughs> and stop and get coffee yeah. somewhere, yeah, a little vacation, do a little man. shopping. Wanna, yeah, it's like yeah. a getaway, man. Get some get some great time together. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then you think, why did we why do did the we conference? Do the, yeah. right. Why did we just Ocean come City, here? Man. Should have just gone, you know, hopped on our motorcycles for the weekend, yeah. right, Steve? And, uh, you know, had, had a good time. Nice. I wish. All right. Well, we are uh, we are winding down on time. And, uh, again, uh, just, you know, a couple reminders. Um, Greg, we're doing a countdown of your last sessions. The final countdown. That's right. But um, the good news, we are going to um, be staying strong as these go to 11. We're going to actually look to, um, by the end of summer, to increase to, uh, you know, once a week. Yeah. Um, and, and get that going up once a week again. Um, want to let our listeners know that with the changes, um, we are going to still release um, at around 10 o'clock um, when we do release so that we still go to 11. 
Uh, but Tuesday night is not going to be a hard and fast night for us. That, that's going to be Sweet. more flexible um, depending on, Steve, your schedule. And then I've got um, a couple other guys. I said this offline, Greg. We've yeah. got, uh, I've got two other guys in the works that are going to kind of help me out with this thing. And so, you know, it takes three guys to replace you. So. <laughs> that's, well, uh, pound for pound, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> pretty accurate, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, so I, no, man, you're going to be missed. Man, oh, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to yeah. miss it, I mean. Man. You, you uh, let me sing your praises a little bit. You just got—I don't know if the if the people out there who are listening can even tell. You just got a big personality, <laughs> and you also know a lot of stuff. You've been around for a while. You've learned a lot. You got a lot to talk about. You're gonna be missed, man. Man, thank you, Steve. Thank yeah. you. I feel the same. Uh, Lisa knows. I mean, I um, I have loved, loved, loved this, and uh, you know, we've got um, our oldest daughter going to college, mm-hmm. and. We've had to make some changes in our life work-wise and schedule-wise that, uh, you know, are taking a little more time out of the home front. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to I wanna keep that uh, that going strong. And, yeah. Uh, I love being with you guys, man. Yeah. Every time. You're not going to tell people actually what it is as you got rich off of this podcast and now yeah. you're retiring? I mean, it's time for me. Just I'll be Milton from office space. You're going to go live at the beach? Yes. Uh, I found my stapler. I've got my drink with an umbrella in it. And I, <laughs> in a tech, is burned to the ground. I am, <laughs> I am doing well. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, look forward to the next few with, uh, with, with the peeps, fellas. Awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to sign off for now. Gentlemen, we just rocked the Casbah. Non-conference style. These go to 11.